Liftoff will start in T minus 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We have ignition. Here we go. Ahoy there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Unconstitutional Awakening. This evening, me and Neptune and Luis are hosting that uh, a really nice fella by the name of Ben. If you guys uh, haven't checked Ben out yet, I totally advise you to. You should have if you've been following, because he's behind that awesome Bigfoot documentary that I've been talking about and promoting the past week on all the platforms and stuff like that, like him. Him and Nate from over there at the Realities Ours, these these guys put that Bigfoot thing together and, of course, invited me, and I jumped on the opportunity. So, you know, I got him over here tonight to, you know, not only probably talk about that, but he's also wrote a book about the lock, a mini Loch Ness Monster, and he's got a bunch of other cool stuff to talk about. I've been following him now since, since all this went down, and he seems like my kind of people, and that's why I had to get him over here on the show. And, you know, speaking of that, you guys, everybody out there listening and watching and all that good stuff, I appreciate all of you guys over there on Rumble, Odyssey, and BitChute, and all across all those audio platforms where you're playing. You know, it's real nice to log in and see all the love from you folks, and I, I do appreciate it. And, you know, we, we do our best to keep it going for you guys, because that's how much you guys like it. And you guys know that the best way you can help me keep it going because first of all, I really need some love over there on the website. It's been a little draggy here recently, so you can hop on over there to the website. And you can check out all kinds of cool stuff that's going on over there. Links to get back to watch the show, links to listen to the show. Shoot, you can even listen to the show while you're there. Of course, you can get back into our uh, merch store, which we've got all kinds of good stuff in there. That that helps us out greatly. If you guys want to wear some cool, unconstitutional Awakening merch, we got all kinds of neat stuff inside that merch store. But you can also find on the website our sponsors where you can get linked up with uh, my buddy Kirk Elliott over there at kirkelliottphd.com forward slash jimbob forward slash. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been dealing with this guy for a little over little over a year now. Like, I started with him on TikTok, and he just kind of evolved over into the show. And he's one of the real ones. I, I really trust this guy. And I, I, I put my word in him that you guys can trust this guy, too, and he'll get you consulted up on some gold, silver, and other investments and stuff. He's a real smart fellow, real good guy. You can also get over there and check out Peachy Key Creations. She's over there making all kinds of fantastic soaps and all kinds of good stuff for you guys to, you know, get healed with because she's a she's an energy healer and she puts all kinds of love and magic and everything that she does from her candles to her soaps and everything in between. You guys can check her out on Facebook. That's Peachy Key Creations. And my little buddy Ammo Can over there making sure you guys can survive if you ever get lost in the woods. He's got he's got 50 caliber cans full of survival equipment on top of making plate carriers holding hoplite armor and these even awesome really cool ghillie suits again he's on vacation right now but he'll totally be back so go ahead and get them orders in his inbox because i know he's waiting for it that's ammo can survival he's over there on instagram as well and then my most recent buddy that i love having on board with us especially with all you folks that have walked away from public schooling this year and started doing homeschool and y'all can get hooked up with brett pike over there at classicallearner.com and homeschools connected he's making you know curriculums and stuff for to age you guys and doing history and all kinds of good stuff you know you give him a check out over there he's also got some good books that you can do and a lot of cool stuff and he's even got a code that you can get 
off of the links down below that will uh that will get you a little bit of percentage off. In fact, all of our sponsors have codes, so you guys just use them codes when you go in there to check out, and you guys can get some percentage off and help some help support some small businesses. Now that I've got all that nonsense out of the way, I gotta ask, how is everybody doing this evening? What's going on, Neptune? I'm doing terrific, Jimmy. Fantastic, Luis. How are you up there in the Great North? Tired, but good. I appreciate you guys being on here late this evening. I, I we had to work it out because my buddy here is on the other side of the country. How are you doing tonight, Ben? Oh man, I'm doing awesome. Thank you for asking, and thank you guys for having me on the show. It's really an honor, and I really appreciate it. Thank you guys. Oh well, well, thank you, man. I, you know, I was I was quite honored when I was asked by Nate to join with you guys in doing that. You know, that Bigfoot documentary thing, that psychic Sasquatch dude. That I think there was dude. a lot of good stuff in there, man. Like. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I appreciate the video you made. I hope I hope you uh, are are moving forward with more since I know that one's technically part one. Uh yeah, man. Uh, you know, we there's a lot more that we could do, and how it all came about was uh, I don't know. I did a podcast with Nate a while ago, and at the end of it, we were like, "Oh, you live a couple hours away from me," and. We both love Bigfoot. We talked about Bigfoot the whole time. And so he's like, let's go hunting for Bigfoot. I'm like, hell yeah, I want to go hunting for Bigfoot. But I was like, but if we do, we have to film film it and release a documentary. And so that's how that kind of uh, idea was born. And uh, yeah, it's something I've always wanted to do. And we're lucky because we're out here in the Pacific Northwest, which it's uh, interesting that area around Mount Hood is statistically probably the number one place in the country other than uh, up in Washington Olympic Peninsula in terms of quantity of sightings in a small area. So, so you know, we, we're pretty lucky to be out here. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're planning on doing some follow-up investigations. You know, this is just the, the beginning. So, no, yeah. I mean, you know, I've 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 always been fascinated by Bigfoot, you know, as I was as as I was saying when I was talking to you guys about it, you know, for the for the flick or whatever, like there's there's just so much amazing things out there when it comes to Bigfoot. And I'm I'm a believer through and through because they're not only here in the States, you know, they've been sighted and go under different names pretty much all over the world. The only place yeah, I really man. don't think I've ever heard South of South America. I think it's the only space where yeah. it's not been present. Now, now, see, I think I think there is a version down there too, but I think it's Africa's where I've never actually heard of any popping no, out. Oh, you're of. right, man. You got the Australia has the Yowie. Then you have the uh, one of them, I believe, in in Sumatra, and then you got, of course, the Yeti, the abominable snowman. And something pretty interesting is every single Native American tribe out there has their own kind of word. Uh, the word Sasquatch is, I believe, from up in Canada, British Columbia. But yeah, there's there's hundreds of different terms that basically translate to large, hairy creature or man out in the woods. And uh, I find that fascinating. And if you go back to the Native Americans, too, they, they talk about uh, Bigfoot not as like an animal, but he's actually a... Uh, He's actually a, another tribe of people is what they say about him. So yeah, yeah. man, they're, they're all over. 
And there uh, is Alaska, there is a little bit of truth from that actually. You were mentioning yeah. you know the word Sasquatch coming out of Canada. There was yeah. in the in in your area and up further north, you know, in Canada, there was. And I'm I'm gonna butcher it, but you guys can totally you know look up some information yeah. on it out there. I'll see if I can find a link to share. But there was a tribe that were referred to as the Sasquana or something. You know, I'm, again, I'm probably butchering it, but it was like a branch of the word Sasquatch, and it meant these these giant hairy beings that you know lived in lived out there too you know and it also coincides with a lot of those red hair covered giants and stuff that you hear in different stories and even the stuff i brought up to you guys about the somalian islands yeah. or the, the solomon islands or whatever down there near new near, you know near australia and it's just it's pretty amazing to to think that there's all you know these other beings walking around out there like this you know i'm just not yeah man and you got when it's you guys started talking about the psychic thing that that kind of piqued my interest because well, it's plausible yeah. i mean let me tell you about that uh i mean so it's kind of a given among bigfoot researchers that bigfoots are most likely extremely intelligent and so you factor that in with uh you know they're they're kind of this weird cross between animal and people and it could be that they're just as intelligent as us, but you think about how animals often have like more better intuitive senses and like your cats and your dogs, when it comes to the paranormal, like they can sense things that you necessarily wouldn't sense. So I think a creature like a Bigfoot, probably not only does he have far superior natural senses like sight, smell, hearing and all that, but you know, he's also has that intuitive, like, connection that people just probably have lost in our modern era and modern society. So that's probably uh, the number one reason why I personally believe it's not possible, but very, very likely that, uh, yeah, he's psychic and he can sense you there with his mind long before he ever sees you. And that's probably another reason why, like, he is so elusive and, you know, they are so hard to find is because think about telepathy and psych, like, that's like a GPS that you have in your mind and you know where all the people are, you know, when they're coming, looking out for you, like you, you have them beat on every level. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting concept and. Yeah, when we were out there, we definitely tried a bunch of experiments, and uh, I won't spoil the movie completely. Sure, but yeah, no, I I definitely want folks to go check it out and you know give it give it a watch from over there because there yeah. there's some good stuff in there, you know. Like so, yeah, I mean how how that all came about was uh, well, you guys know uh, CE five is the whole Stephen Greer um close encounters of the fifth kind it's uh, for people who don't know it's where large groups of people they go out to meditate and connect basically with extraterrestrials and the whole point of it is to summon ufos with their mind it's a huge thing I'm sure you guys know all about it but sure. in case anyone doesn't uh so basically like we were planning this expedition and i saw online i'm like Stephen Greer just posted that there is a mass meditation CE5 global event the night we're going out there. So, so I was like, dude, 
how cool would it be if we used the exact same CE5 protocols that they use to summon aliens, but we use them to summon a Bigfoot instead? Like, there's absolutely no reason why that wouldn't work excellently. Like, I don't think anyone has ever done that, actually. Uh, you know, specifically done it like that. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of like our whole, like, inspiration behind it. So, uh yeah, we, we were going to download some of the C5 meditations and try to, like, reword everything that mentioned aliens or UFOs to Bigfoot and Sasquatch, but we weren't able to pull that off in time. So, you know, we just did it our own way. And, uh, yeah, man, it was it was interesting. We had some freaky experiences out there, for sure. So, yeah. go ahead. I did have a question for you, Ben. I will admit, uh, I haven't kept up with your work. I'm definitely going to. Uh, tonight was actually the first time I've actually heard of your work, so I appreciate what you guys are doing. But cool. you brought up a really good point at the beginning where you mentioned that it could potentially be somewhere as far as a, another species. Like uh-huh. an, an species we haven't contacted or maybe one we had possibly thought as a society had gone extinct what's your take on the possibility that bigfoot and the sightings in multiple multiple locations across multiple continents could just be a an extant species or what we thought was an extant species that we haven't been able to reach yeah absolutely man uh it's it's interesting because I think really like the variation you see in all the different continents, like you have the, I know in the East coast, you guys have the skunk ape. That's supposed to be like a little smaller, like a little faster little guy. He's down in my area. Yep. Yeah. Up in Alaska, it's like every single animal is bigger. Like the mooses, the bears, and the same goes with the Bigfoot. They're giant up there. Like supposedly megafauna. megafauna. 15 feet. Yeah. So, I think it's really just, it's all probably the same general type of species that you're seeing everywhere, but kind of like adapted to different climates and different regions. And uh, personally, I am in the camp, like there's, you know, you're going to find a lot of different people out there who say what they think they are. And there's a big crowd of people that think they're interdimensional beings and they're not even from our reality at all. I I'm I personally think that they're most likely a real creature that physically exists because you know, they leave behind a ton of physical evidence. Like they leave hair, hair samples with DNA, they leave footprints all the time. And uh people always bring up uh there's a creature that is called a gigantopithecus that went extinct one only 100,000 years ago which in terms of timelines of planet earth isn't very long at all and human beings definitely coexisted with them and look up a gigantopithecus on google or something and it's basically 100% a bigfoot like that creature just even bigger <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh it it's very, very well possible that these Bigfoot are Gigantopithecus. That's one theory. And there's another, another a little more wild theory, which is that they are 
Well, okay, there's a Bigfoot uh, genome project that, uh, if you look at the Bigfoot genome project, there is a scientist that analyzed hundreds of samples, hundreds of little pieces of hair and things like that. And uh, she basically claimed and published a scientific paper saying that she had ge genetically identified the species of Bigfoot. It was very closely related to human beings, uh, slightly different, but they said it basically evolved like 15,000 years ago, very recently. So and it, it basically was like some X, like unknown DNA mixed <clears throat> with human beings. And so, they said this was the result of genetic manipulation, perhaps by aliens, or if you want to go into the whole Nephilim or uh, Anunnaki uh, subject, a lot of people uh, coincided it with that. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, consequently, I, a lot of like hardcore Bigfoot researchers call her crazy and nuts because she goes into that area. Well. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I won't dismiss the whole thing outright and say it's absolute nonsense, but mm -hmm. there is a basis in which it might hold weight if you consider that uh, before the modern humanoid, yeah. there are, keep me honest here, I think it's, what is it, four humanoid genomes that yeah. existed on planet Earth mm -hmm. uh, of technically different species, uh, which interbreeding is a thing, of course. So, I mean, I, I, I don't completely cast doubt on that. I mean, the, the outright assertion that it's just a matter of uh, artificial genetics, that's a hard sell, but uh, humanoid I mean, species intermating with each other is common throughout history. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's very possible that this. he's also just like a offshoot of the human branch. Like, you yeah. know, we got so many, like, homo erectus homo everything like all the different ones even the little hobbits that so were found in indonesia like, so there's this exodus story out of russia yeah all right and this exodus story out of russia comes from when an egyptian king sent men that the egyptian scientist had altered that were very Neanderthal-like and very destructive and destroying towns, and they banished them to the Eurasia Mountains. And Russia has a similar wow. Exodus story coming out of there as well, and there's 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 Egyptian stories about this subject as well. And, That's fascinating. I didn't and, know that. And when you get deep into this, it almost kind of coincides with some of the, the classic kind of Yeti stories. And then you're sitting here telling me about how this lady found that it could very well have been an altered human genome exactly you know, that's this yeah. guy i wonder if these two stories really do coincide you know what i'm saying like is this maybe that hidden race yeah, that yeah. maybe ancient egyptians or lumerians or something maybe created if you look back in uh the epic of gilgamesh everyone knows that one right and according to that one we have gilgamesh who is a demigod who is half human half anunnaki if you will, he's half these Sumerian god bloodlines, and uh, so the god, like he's a asshole. So the gods are want to like create a companion for him to like balance him out. So they create this being called Enkidu, and Enkidu is like this hairy wild man 
and he's created out in the woods and he's very large like basically he sounds like a bigfoot <laughs> and you know yeah that's that's an instance of like literally the gods they they take a human and they modify him and he's in into existence now so yeah it's uh i don't know it's, it's interesting like there's there's a lot of ancient accounts of creatures and things that resemble what you would call bigfoot from basically all all around the globe it's pretty fascinating yeah. something something jimmy and i and our other co-host uh, bandit have talked about before it's one of uh, bandit's particular favorite ones in this area to talk about is the giant of kandahar who was put down oh. by, by a special ops team in yeah. 2003 I, I mean he, um, he technically fits the description some, of bigfoots oh, too yeah. and and there's there is biblical uh, precedence for yeah. for that uh, oh, based yeah. largely on on the book of Genesis, and largely upon uh, the 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 downstream Old Testament books of that, notably of Abraham uh, being a red haired Arab. So I I do think it, that holds weight in my opinion that there still is. I think it's <clears throat> I don't think it's without merit to say that um, the Bigfoot Sasquatch. The Yeti. I, I I think I don't think it's with outside the realm of reason that we have a common ancestor somewhere down the line. Oh no, not at all. Uh, in fact, uh, yeah, yeah. When you start bringing up the uh, giants, you know, we have the modern giant of Kandahar, but uh, then if you go back to the early 1900s, things get really, really weird because literally there are thousands of newspaper articles newspaper clippings basically about discoveries of giants uh skeletons and bones is was it in, 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 in the north in the northeast when they were mostly found this and the smithsonian had the records and it was yeah. smithsonian records so they still have everything in in probably right. in dc locked up in a in some <laughs> vault it's like uh, oh yeah, well eventually it's, it's we'll crazy. confess what's that eventually they might actually confess yes we've had this all along we knew they existed but we thought they would you would get too scared I mean, so that's why we built the parks some i remember i had a friend he, he lived in in the mountains uh and he was like well there's the idea that potentially the parks were were made to separate them from us that's why it's so important <laughs> that's why it's so important that we catch him on video and that's why i appreciate like you guys going out and doing that nobody does nobody does bigfoot documentaries you remember like the 80s and 90s that was a big thing you know what i'm saying like yeah the Barry and the hendersons and there was no equipment uh mobile enough uh battery sustained enough time like now we can have a mix of drones we can have a sonar we can utilize oh, yeah. advanced Technology. night vision so yeah. just with advanced Neptune. night vision Neptune, yeah, we going for skunk ape, bro. Drone, that's kind of on my yeah. Green I mean, equipment. It, I then mean, are there, there's yeah. one with with night vision uh, that you guys uh, could use if you could if you yeah, can finance dude. that in. It's six thousand dollars, but exactly, yeah. But someone you can get someone with it that would love to work with you, and then you know they become part of your crew. Is, you can is find it, a drone is it, pilot. Is, uh, You're a drone pilot. 
Well, I know, I'm a drone pilot, but I'm sure you can find drone pilots in the West that can assist oh, you. I would man, love to assist we, you, too. We need someone with a nice drone to join us on the next one. Like, oh. That's the one, number one thing we're lacking in terms of right. the videography. Is, in the tr- well, the tricky part is where yeah. you are sometimes. Uh, it could be very dangerous for the drone to fly just because. I'm sure uh, it would be. Well, it's the winds. The winds alone. I had friends that, that actually flew in certain parks. Yeah. <sighs> It just yeah, flew dude. away. <laughs> the mountain winds just took it away. You have problems with birds attacking it? Yeah, <laughs> that can be. Uh, I have. We have a problem with that thankfully. here. Me and me and my buddy when we when we go out to the river, my buddy. You're supposed and, to fly a certain altitude when you have bird problems. You're supposed to fly kind of higher than my, the birds. My uh, <laughs> we we were we were out on the river over there near the dam, taking some video of the uh, waterfall and stuff, and birds dude they just started attacking the some bitch we had Holy we did shit. we had to fly like high up and then he got a warning because he went too high and had to come back down and you know how all that works because the government's got to be in control of everything but well, neptune uh, you want <clears throat> neptune we need to get some equipment man let's go look for skunk ape oh absolutely and that actually brought me to a really good point too that uh you could find these on youtube anywhere you want so jimmy and i live in uh georgia uh and I grew up in South Carolina, so we both grew up in the Appalachians. So there's a lot of stories about skunk ape for the East Coast, and the most you'll hear about the possibility of a Bigfoot, Sasquatch, skunk ape sighting comes out of the western North Carolina mountains and northeastern Georgia. And it's... uh. It's, it's funny that you guys mentioned that, that um, especially with technology, right? A lot of the most recent sightings have been from people who now have these cameras that are equipped with thermal imaging, with, with night vision. <laughs> like, there's a YouTube video. I'll have to see if I can find it again. Uh, guy was out hunting. He was, just, he was just deer hunting. And you can see in his panorama where he pivots his camera to try to get a better eye on the deer, he can see, yeah, he can see <laughs> through his, through his night vision, through his thermal imaging, he can see a massive creature bipedal that you would think is a, is a, is a bear. It's not a bear. It's on two feet. Yeah, dude. And, I, I think I know what you're just, talking about. Yeah, I mean, you just run into so many like that, like, and yeah, sure, it's it's smaller than Bigfoot, but still, it's bigger than a bear, and it's standing on two legs, and yeah, it's, dude, it's it's, uh, it's, it's interesting stuff. Here's sure. what uh, freaks me out is I've seen a couple of those videos that are like a clear or yeah, clear video. It was actually on the show uh, Expedition Bigfoot. They were out there and they caught this massive heat signature right across like the river from them. And they're like freaking out, like, what the hell is that? And so everyone's trying to film it. And it only shows up on the thermal. And it's like a clear shape and it's like moves around. And they're like, okay, but there's nothing there. Like, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Like I don't I don't really know how that's possible, but uh, it, I mean, well, it's I possible. <laughs> I, 
there's possible. So one of the alternatives is one of the ways it's become elusive could be it the way it it potentially has um, fur that could change colors. It's not completely yeah. out of the yeah, fabric. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, yeah. Because the, with sea creatures, I've been able to figure that out. Um, we've been able to understand how they do it. Um, and then you look at, like I was actually mismentioning, um, there was a great video from a YouTube channel that disappeared out of the face of the earth, but they covered 10 different species that we know of, of humans. And particularly one I was mentioning was the Bosco, Boscop man which had a a, a, a skull that was 1300 uh, our skull is 1300 cc's their skull was 1900 um, so look look down and then you'll see the size of the skull well that's another Whoa. interpretation of the skull that, but, but there's there's an actual yeah. picture that's an actual picture of the skull hmm. and never seen it, that one but wow and the thing is like there's likely a possibility that if there is truly this is just a variant of the human species they were just like fuck humans they're very aggressive they're very violent we're gonna we're gonna completely separate ourselves from this collective and that could have been the situation of why they said this they I, I always outside i always like to remind people that you know token said when he was writing the lord of the rings that he was basing it basing a lot of the characters off of his historical documents he found so that's why the hobbits have the giant feet. <laughs> i mean hobbits uh, hobbits yeah. giants elves wizards Something really interesting sign uh, me up. i heard about tolkien is he based a concept of the elves off of a celtic legend called the tuatha de danon these shining ones and they're this mystical tribe in celtic mythology that was basically like from the stars from the heavens and they had like shining everything they're very advanced so uh yeah yeah it's interesting token definitely was inspired by some real stuff i think well and you know yeah. i guess i guess you know to bounce not really bounce off subject but i guess to talk a little bit more about cryptids and things that i know you've done is that you've got a book out there about looking for the, that little loch ness monster yeah man uh yeah, so it's called the the last dinosaur of the lost world, my search for little Nessie, and uh, it's available on Amazon if anyone wants to look it up. And uh, so, I guess the whole story behind this book was there it is. I was probably like seventeen, sixteen years old, and uh, I was researching cryptozoology on on the internet, and I came across a post on a message board. And the post was titled Dinosaurs Alive in the Lost World. And I was like, whoa, what is this? This is awesome. So I click on it, and it's this guy from Venezuela, and he's 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 a explorer and an archaeologist. And he says that out on his expeditions to this area around the Angel Falls, which is the highest waterfall on planet Earth, it's uh, actually this massive tabletop mountain, like 20 square miles, completely unexplored in the middle of like the rainforest. So it's, it's actually the location that the book, The Lost World was based on uh, Arthur Conan Doyle. So uh, imagine this like isolated plateau. And the idea is uh, whatever is up on the top of there potentially could be a species that's like so isolated and cut off 
from the rest of its natural environment. It could be some kind of prehistoric survivors up there. But anyway, back to the post. So this archaeologist and explorer, he's exploring like kind of this region and he meets a hermit. And this hermit lives in a very small hut along the river and they become friends. And one time he's out there and the hermit tells him a story and he tells him about this weird looking animal he saw one time. And he says it's about three feet long. It has a long neck and it's kind of reptilian. It has flippers instead of feet. And uh, so the archaeologist, his name is Jose Miguel Perez Gomez. He's kind of like, that's really weird. That's really interesting. And the hermit actually is like, okay, well, look at this drawing. I have a drawing of it. And the drawing, it basically <laughs> looks like what we would consider a plesiosaur, which is what the Loch Ness monster is theorized to be. It's, it's like this long, long extinct, not technically dinosaur, but marine reptile. So... So something really, really neat about that, you know, and that I I was I was interested in when I was talking to you about that was we have one down in down here in Georgia. Oh yeah, you guys got your own little Loch Ness monster. And and the funny thing about that is that it's supposed to be a mini one like the one you're saying, because a few years back this washed up on shore and they think hey. it's a they think oh, it's the, a baby one good. that that could be was dead i mean this um, is this is a pretty real cool. <clears throat> this is a pretty like yeah, real looking image like there's not too much explanation into it other I, than the I, fact i i wish i knew if it was captured by some scientists and they could actually do some testing on what the <laughs> heck it was it was probably That's found cool, by a couple no. of rednecks and got eight yeah. <laughs> oh god Yep. Just to be real with like, you. That, that's, that's, that's likely what I happened. don't know what that is. That could be it. Yeah, that, but, that's about the size. Good but, you know, that. I mean, also with that, do either of you guys know of the legend of the Brontosaurus that lives in the Congo? Oh, yes. Uh, I was going to exactly mention that. That it's killed people, too. I the Mokele Mbembe. Yeah. That's it, I mean, Congo is yeah. a very dangerous place in general. That I mean, the DRC is a dangerous place for humans, but it's also very dangerous for humans exploring the nature of the Congo. Yeah, did that one uh yeah, that one's one of my all-time favorite cryptids. Uh yeah, that thing has been sighted by at least 30 different tribes. Like they the explorers who went to look for that one, they went to all these tribes and they're all like isolated. They're very primitive and they show them like pictures and they're asking them about the Mokele Mbembe. And uh they show them like the elephant, the rhinoceros, the hippopotamus, like all the suspects that we would think it is. And they say, no, they know what a hippopotamus them, is. Yeah. They show like... them a picture of the sauropod dinosaur. And that's the one they, all these tribes, they all point to. And like to them, it's not like something weird. It's just another animal, you know? It's right. Just, like, you know, everybody that lives animal. out there and stuff talk, talks about it. Like, <clears throat> oh Yeah. There's a dinosaur out here. Yeah. No big to deal. them, it's not a dinosaur. No, to of them, course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Really of course. You have to put is. yourself yeah. in the mindset. This is a human being that has lived with nature all their lives, their entire lives. They have lived with nature. They understand what animals look like. 
especially hippopotamus. But like our perception of native understanding has improved because back when they were doing some studies, you know, they just thought of them as dum-dums or stupid shit like that. And they're like, no, they're just as intelligent as us. They just live with nature. That they don't have the academic values, they but they can teach you about a hundred other things you have no concept or understanding of. I, you know, I I have this conversation from time to time with people, and that I believe that the folks that are more attached to nature and more attached to the world in general in that aspect are far more knowledgeable than my dumb ass up here gabbing on about all oh, kinds really? of crazy shit all the time. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's You've got these ancient civilizations, you've got these hidden civilizations, these uncontacted civilizations that still even exist today Dude. that that probably live beautiful lives laid out by the beach eating fruit all day with their di- with their dick hanging low because they don't have to worry about running around, you know, with modesty and such. Dude, that's the thing about the Milkelman. Those <laughs> tribes, they're so isolated and you think how smart do you have to be to survive without technology you have that's to know another element every kind of plant you have to know which ones are poisonous which ones are medicine which ones you can eat and when it comes to animals yeah you have to be able to track like your prey like your hunters they have to be able to know every single animal that's out there completely 100 percent accurately like there's ones that will kill you there's ones you want to hunt there's ones you avoid and so when those type of people tell you that there's this giant thing that has like a long neck and all that. Like that's something you have to take seriously. It's, it's insane. Yeah. I mean the con the Congo, much like a lot of, you know, like the rainforest over here in like South America and stuff. It's so it's areas that are so dense and so untouched. That's why they're constantly discovering new species, damn near you know in an essence almost every day because there's all kinds of different bugs and lizards and frogs and mammals and lord yeah. knows what so yeah you know the, the yeah go ahead sorry no i was gonna say that the rant there in the amazon there's a bird with four legs yeah my and my one of my friends actually saw it and was able to document it because it was pretty rare and she was like so excited cool. that she took some pictures of it but there's birds with four legs like there's things that you like really that exists i'm like so there's you can imagine something like it probably might exist and especially people that investigate insects they we we there's so many beetles actually evidently like beetles are like one of the most abundant varied species on earth that most people don't consider yeah it's pretty crazy like even like the congo the gorillas out there like they have a bunch of uh like the giant gorillas which weren't known about until very very recently and then they started trying to conserve them because they're very endangered but it's pretty crazy that you can have a creature the size of a gorilla living out there and no one like even knows it's there until basically the last century okay we're gonna we're gonna get into primates Have you, have you guys ever heard the stories that that orangutans are fully capable of speaking English? They just are cho- speaking uh, speaking with humans. They just choose not to because they don't want to be forced into whatever the fuck we got going on. So they have the I, vocal cords for it. That's interesting. I haven't heard about that. There's I a, know there. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I know there's one particular species of primate that their voice can travel five miles. 
their yes. their call is like super powerful and they can their voice can travel for miles so they they're like they have their own radio system it's just them screaming <laughs> yeah that's, a, I mean, that's interesting the the very existence of bigfoot and and any downstream species gives me a thought that dna based memory already exists right especially based on what you were just saying ben that they have if they have survived in the wild for this long they have to know what's going to kill them and what will allow them to survive that is in that is inherent survival instinct for us as a as a species right and you know they researched that sort of concept for humans in recent years uh, I believe that gives credence to the the fact that it it already does exist and that whatever species this is they've already been able to tap into that well, you, know, <clears throat> you know sometimes i I think about Bigfoot like it kind of like hit me when you're out there in the woods it's like what if Bigfoot is actually a lot more intelligent than we are and like he's they have chosen yep. to forsake like this modern insane technological nine to five work like existence that we humans have like we think we're so smart but think about bigfoot like he's chilling out in nature like he has like the best life you could ever imagine i i would believe so so you know interestingly enough we had you know we had a guy on last night that has claimed to been inside of mount shasta to tell us real fantastic guy um then you know no reason for me to doubt his story of course but it also kind of ties back into because that is also another bigfoot kind of area and not to mention you know i i've got you know my running theory about the fact that i think bigfoot lives underground because because everybody's seen the maps where the cave systems and the missing people line up but i you know i brought up and you there's a video floating around out there that you guys can check that ben totally made that i've been sharing that shows the bigfoot sightings map and when you lay it over that map as well you've got uh, you've also got like more tying into those missing persons and big you know cave systems and stuff like that and that gets me thinking into back to what something with that back to what my buddy that was on last night was talking about cities inside of mountains and underneath the ground Maybe Bigfoot's down there. Maybe he's living with other beings that are already down there still. Like all these beings that we're talking about that used to be here, maybe they got sick of whoever's in charge of our shit and was like, yo, bro, we're going back underground because it's a lot cooler underneath there and we don't have to deal with these reptiles. We don't have to deal with these reptiles that are ruling all these countries. Well, it's probably more stable. And especially specifically in half the regions that you can think of where they live, that cave systems like they are more geologically stable well, and look safer. At, it's a house. I mean, look, think well, about it as a cave as a house. Look at the look at those. Make I mean, look at that homes. nine mile cave. In, where is that in China? To, yeah, there's another not, like, one directly in Turkey. To the sun, either like all there's, the radiation, sunburns. Like you'll probably live a lot freaking longer here underground. I but there. There was a whole city in in Turkey that could house twenty four to potentially forty thousand people that we built thirteen thousand years ago. So 
We, well, we, we ourselves built houses in caves. We built whole cities that could have like whole systems of air. Like, so they had air system, like systems so that air flow would happen and everything. So we figured out how to do this a long, long time ago. And yeah, that's really what it was housing. It was housing. <laughs> just yeah, think of it yeah. that way. What's a cave? It's just a house. Like, yeah, you're so much more protected in a cave. Like, any kind of like surface natural disaster is probably going to just bypass you as long as you like. Close well, back off to talking about researching into like Native Americans, a lot of Native American lore, they they tell you that their ancestors came from underground. And there's so many different, you know, cave systems throughout the entire world. And when you think about things like the Ice Age and Ice Ages being able to happen more than once, like, you know, that's like a, a cycle of the earth, the way that I look at things like there's there's cycles where weather's change and poles shift and Ice Ages happen and Ice Ages go away. Like at one point in time, Antarctica wasn't always covered in as much ice as it is, but pole shifts and stuff like that. That's why there's, you know things underneath the ice down there like you know probably lost civilizations and such lord who knows because i totally think these things adjust throughout time just in cycles and whatnot and and so you know maybe maybe an ice age come along and food was running scarce on mammoths and they took to inside these caves because as i was trying to bring up a minute ago there's caves like the one over in china i believe that it's like what it's like nine miles long and it has oh, its yeah. entire own ecosystem inside the cave so you can't sit here and try to tell me that you know these ecosystems don't don't exist underneath us or underneath the ground because they found a way for them to exist and there's not a there's not really a sun there but <clears throat> this was an argument i heard that well this is my argument to somebody trying to be like well how would you get light inside of a place like telos where over there in mount shasta and such and crystals and stuff if the sunlight comes through you know this is back to how smart ancient people were if the sunlight comes through a certain little hole at the right angle and hits those crystals i bet you could light up the entire inside of a cave like a disco ball kind of deal almost like they these people were even even though they're considered savages or you know less than the society that we have today I think they were <clears throat> a lot more intelligent and knew how to use the world around them instead of using things that men created to make money off of. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. It could be like a very advanced civilization that's down there. Like think about the Atlanteans or something like that. Like they could have been the ones who were like, okay, we gotta live. We're like, they could be, yeah extremely advanced well that's that's actually uh, what uh, our buddy last night was talking about is the lumerians took off underneath mount yeah, shasta dude, i've been to mount shasta a bunch of times and i will tell you like it has just a weird kind of like mystical vibe like I, you can't really like put it into words you have to go there uh i can absolutely believe the whole telos thing because when you're there, like you just kind of feel it, and it's the weirdest thing. Like you all see lenticular clouds, which are clouds that are like formed like a basically a disc 
above the mountain. It's very bizarre. Oh, yeah. We didn't we yeah, didn't even cool, get into man. all that last night. There is there's a bunch of wild going on there. As, as I was mentioning last night again too, and I'll mention again, it is a common destination for a lot of the guests on this show. Like there have been a oh, lot yeah. of people I've talked to that go to Mount Shasta. So I think there's something there. There's something definitely drawing everybody there. Not to mention all of the the UFO sightings and Bigfoot, yeah, Bigfoot, and everything like else. Everything is there, man. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. all like a convergent well, spot. But let me ask: What do you feel that people want to disregard this idea? Why do you feel that the the mainstream or some groups of scientists or even some general public people? What's what do you think is one of the like what are the reasons why people don't want to truly believe this is potentially a real thing? Dude, uh, I I got it. So it's this is something I was talking about today to my friend. The question of why haven't we found Bigfoot? And the answer is we have. The government absolutely knows that Bigfoot is real. There's some declassified documents from the 1970s that talk about it. And uh, they're basically covering it up. And it's kind of weird. Like there's all these massive amounts of federal lands that people aren't allowed to go into and even like military bases and stuff are like huge like people it's like a massive wilderness basically and the thought is like maybe they have some bigfoots there but you have to wonder why would they cover this up why don't they release it and have you heard of um spc what's this called us uh this particular uh series of like paranormal uh, creatures. I think they made an episode about Bigfoot that Bigfoot actually is a sent very sentient species and they design weapons for us. <laughs> SPC, like he's weapons. SPC 1000. Yeah, that's a, SPC uh, and then that they make it that they're actually like telepathic and that they actually have been designing weapons for us so we would shut the fuck up and stop bothering them <laughs> so they just yeah, decided to start giving yeah. us weapons to kill ourselves Chewbacca. yeah, yeah. It's, he's scp 1000 i know all about SCP? the SP, SP, scp program and oh you know what's God. crazy about the scp program and all of the cryptids they talk about on there you know i definitely recommend folks you know checking these this group out and such it's a rabbit hole if you go it is those. it is a giant rabbit hole because a I lot of these things are are real stories stories that have no true explanation interesting yeah dude cryptids funny. in general are are fantastic um, you know if uh, i wish bandit was here tonight because one he would be bringing up but i'm going to do it in his honor is the wendingo and we we joke shit. all the time that we want to go searching for that but of course that'd probably be dangerous as hell freaking eat your soul and you'll become one what's you know, what's the danger say? You've been you've been going out there to search. What's been like the danger you feel potentially as you're trekking into these spaces? Oh, well, if about Bigfoot, is that what? Have you ever felt like are are we entering a space that potentially could be dangerous for yourself? Yeah, I I feel like it would have been dangerous. Like we kind of like got the sense like maybe the protector is up on the ridge surveying us and it could be like a family unit down near the river uh it could be like a mother and child and we were thinking like yeah we could be in a dangerous situation if we'd like gone right down to this river area like we all distinctly when we were out there felt like we were being observed 
and watched. It was like, it wasn't hostile. It was like more of like a protection thing. But when it comes to Bigfoot, like historically and throughout like all of history, yeah, Bigfoots can be dangerous. They can be aggressive. They can throw rocks at you, like big ass rocks. But it's actually very, very rare for a Bigfoot to physically attack a human being. So, uh, I mean, maybe there's a couple instances, but uh, yeah, I've heard. I think I've heard of two in my lifetime. One not yeah. being not one being. I think more more recent, like 2014. And the story is a little fishy to me because it's about how this family was like, oh, they they come up into the yard throwing tree trunks and you know trying to destroy stuff, and they were going to kill us. And my my first question, which I'm always the guy that's got to be this guy, but my first question was, well, what did these people do to upset Bigfoot? Because from my readings and learnings and stuff like that bigfoot will give you a warning from far off with a scream and that is usually yeah. all it takes <laughs> you know like that he doesn't want to be bothered and and you know for him to come up and want to throw hands with somebody makes me think that maybe those people were doing something that bigfoot didn't approve of that's most likely the case man and i'll tell you uh there the one other instance of bigfoot's killing people is uh there's this show called Alaska Killer Bigfoot. Stupid name, but it's actually a good show. And it's basically about this town called Portlock, Alaska, where in the 1920s, it was like this frontier town, and it was completely abandoned because like over 20 people were gruesomely murdered out in the woods. And it was thought to be a Bigfoot responsible for this. And uh, so on this show, they go and like start investigating the area and they start digging into the history of it. And the history was in the 1500s, some uh, Spanish conquistadors went there and they claimed the land the as their own and basically Alaska? genocide. <laughs> yeah, they, they basically genocide all of the Native Americans, completely like subjugate them, say, you're, you're our subjects convert or die type thing and they destroy like the local population then fast forward 200 years there's another settler group that comes out there and they basically do the exact same thing they kind of like destroy like the people the population and try to subjugate them to their will and so then fast forward to uh you know, modern times when the 1900s people there, by that point, the Bigfoot, they know what's up and they are very hateful of human beings. And uh, at that point, that's when all the bad shit and all the uh, killings starts happening. So, yeah, I would say the Bigfoots had very good reason to hate people and want to uh, harm sure. people at that point. Sure, like, I'm, they, I'm, I'm sure there was no... Um... When, you know, when you when you had colonizers coming over here and, you know, conquering the states and conquering Lord knows what and yeah. taking taking what was theirs for themselves, you know, taking what they wanted to claim as theirs for themselves or whatever, I, I wouldn't doubt that, you know, Bigfoot were not only spotted but also decided to go into hiding because you figure the Spanish came yeah. here first. They came here in the Dude, dude the Spanish, like, think about that for a second. Like, the Spanish, the Spanish were assholes. Uh, that was absolutely my, my ancestors partially. Yeah. It was basically like they would come in the papal crusades and they would 
basically say convert or die. Like, and you are all um, subject to us now is what they would do. So, you know, think about if there had been Bigfoots in uh, Mexico and like the Aztec territory. Things might have been different. Like, I'm completely serious about that. But yeah, the Bigfoots, like they're essentially like guardians of the land and protectors of the land. So if you start messing with their land and with, you know, what the people there, yeah, they're not going to be happy. Uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Like, I can't really think of anywhere else in Bigfoot territory that the conquistadors went to except for this little place in Alaska. It's fascinating. Well, I mean, you, but, you ever heard of Ameripox? What's that? You ever heard of Ameripox? So, no, uh, I haven't. So it's estimated potentially <laughs> 70 million people died when the, the Spanish came yeah. because of the pandemics that were some are actually produced on purpose. They brought uh, diseased uh, like barbs and such to to in order to mass murder the the population and to order to take control and for example that's how they took over mexico it was because they they debilitated them and caused instability in their in their society and that's how because otherwise how the hell were they going to fight against the empire they weren't yeah. able to but they were able to debilitate them and that's why they think there's whole cities in the amazon that's where you say the the city of gold and all this stuff they they existed but when the city disappears the amazon in a hundred years later just took over it just became all green but now they're discovering that there's whole cities in the amazon like giant cities in the amazon general so, custard was searching for the city of gold in america yeah there, there's a lot of information and then there's the cave system like the connected uh, the connected american cave system like global the cave is system that the caves actually interconnect. So if we think further into this cave idea and that there's potentially these beings that live in the systems and that's why we don't access them, that could explain why other governments don't go into these caves and say, yo, so we could just use these caves to transport stuff. Why don't we just use them? I know the United States government actually uses them because they've they've actually said that they use them to transport things. Yeah, and they claim there's yeah, aliens hidden likely. in them, so I bet Bigfoot's hidden in there too. Yeah, I mean, UFOs are supposed to be be able to travel between like these massive lava tubes. Like you got Mount Rainier, Mount Adams. The original ever UFO sighting was right from Mount Rainier to Mount Adams. That's where they were going, and uh, yeah, there those places are all like completely filled with caves underneath lava tubes because they're volcanoes i wouldn't doubt if ufos and bigfoot are connected uh, supposedly yeah supposedly they are uh they're the aliens <laughs> well i mean yeah. they're, that's how they that's how they get around because they are advanced uh yeah yeah why, why do they tolerate our asses why do they tell would they tolerate our asses? because I inner earth is way cooler than outer <laughs> earth i think the bigfoots have a connection to the orbs like that's something you come across a lot the not orbs? like these advanced metals flying saucers like no the thing you see with bigfoot is orbs and i think it's just like the orbs they're not like anything technological like orbs are more of like what you would call 
some kind of interdimensional creature or being or something out there, you know, that Bigfoot seems to get along with pretty well. But I was going to tell you guys, while we were on the subject of caves, you guys are near the Appalachians. Am I correct? Are you guys uh, in that general area? Yep. So, uh, yeah, with the Appalachians, you got the mammoth cave system. And there's, I don't know if you guys have heard all the reports of what they call goblins in the mammoth caves and uh, surrounding areas. Uh, they, a lot of people see these kind of like small diminutive things in the caves, coming out of the caves, all this stuff. And something that I came across that no one really is talking about is the Cherokee Indians, they lived in that area, and they had a legend of a race of beings called the Moon-Eyed People. And you can look it up. It's really interesting. The Moon-Eyed People apparently lived in all these cave systems. They're about three feet tall, and they had giant eyes, and apparently they were just like clear eyes, you know, because they lived underground in complete darkness most of their lives. And they would, you know, come up and kind of like mess with the Cherokee Indians. And apparently at one point there was some kind of like conflict in their history. And uh, in a couple of instances, there's actually some weird structures out there. Like they're completely like wooden built structure, rock built structures. Those look like grays. And stuff. <laughs> That the Indians out there, they were like, no, we didn't build that. That was the moon-eyed people. So, I, yeah, I, I think that's very fascinating and also kind of terrifying. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, the Dwarf to the Mountain, uh, that is a pretty, pretty long story with the Cherokee. And I have several friends. I'm, I'm from uh, Piedmont, South Carolina, so grew up very close to the Cherokee Indians. And, uh, Jimmy, that last one I just put there, uh, directly references what you were just talking about. The, the Cherokee believe in this. Oh, oh, you, you, wait, wait, did you want me to share the meme or did you want me to share the other thing? I wanted you to share the meme earlier, but well, we're past that, but yeah, yeah, um, no, the, the last one. The the little people of the mountain. This right here, the little people. Yeah, it's so fascinating, dude. Mystical dwarfs of the mountains. Yeah, they have. They talked about dwarfs. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. There's, you know, there's even a lot of stories. I've covered this before in some cryptid videos I made on TikTok about, um, you know, like the the fucking fairies, bro. Fairies are real, <laughs> dude. Like I, 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 fairies are. Don't piss fairies off. They are devious little creatures, and they will steal Trick shit from fairies. you and make your life a pain in the ass. I mean, if something like a fairy would actually exist, I would not imagine they're pretty. No, yeah. they're not pretty. They're not cute, and they're assholes. Like, you saw that movie from Will Smith that they cost too much money, but it was about that. It was a world where we actually cohabitate with orcs and fairies. And Yeah, I saw that one, man. That was a sick movie. It was a missed opportunity in some cases, I I see. Uh, It was an interesting concept. I I love the world building. It's just, I think they'd had a missed opportunity. They could have gone further with it, but 
it is interesting like world building i'll say more than the whole movie was the world that we were building around especially when they had the dragon in the background flying luis you gotta do you gotta find where bigfoot lives with the ai dude right uh, I, oh i did i did some images i'll show i'll, Louis, I'll send to you later Luis does um you know we covered this last night and you know i like to talk about it too but Luis does like ai art he's oh yeah yeah and, i'm into that too and like he's he's so been he's been sending he's been sending me really cool stuff and then he was bringing up some cool stuff with the fellow on last night and like just it's it's amazing artwork like Luis so is pretty cool, cool. That's I mean, cool. uh, I, I actually did some. Uh, I'll, you'll have later for for the you can show later because okay. I've been working on a few because based off what you were saying to see like what would show up and, and some interesting visuals showed up that you could find interesting for later. Sweet. One is psychic Sasquatch and like the visuals are pretty stunning. Oh man, you got yeah, you gotta show me that. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Well, if I, later on, yeah, I can screen share. If you can see my screen, I'm not sure. You're assuming you'll be there able you to go. see my. You can select it. Let me select see it. No, I mean for him, if he has to on his end, select. Oh, or he I got might you. Be able to see it. So oh, here's damn. a few. Here's a few cuts. Are uh, you using Mid Journey? Yeah. Oh my god, Mid Journey is so insane. It, dude. It's a great tool to visualize Ridiculous. things. And I, I I'm gonna start using um stable disc like stable diffusion and others. Yeah. I just need to I, I'm using a night cafe for literally all my stuff right now. Uh, yeah, night cafe had uh you can actually Google collab, you can use night cafe for free. It, uh, it's mid journey is kinda like a lot better. <laughs> it has different data sets, but look at these things. Look at these guys. That's so cool, yeah. That looks like he has exploring. a mask on. And the, this is the Telos. This is different visualizations of Telos. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, here's here's more around what he was describing because he said most of the buildings were did not have uh, uh, round like square edges. Mm -hmm. They had round mm -hmm. edges. So I was trying to develop more round edges, but still a few that came what out kinda... really beautiful. See this. This is probably more of what he was describing. When he was describing Tedlos. It's your approach like you just like say what you want to be and then you like input any kind of like modifiers. Yes, you can then Not go and evolve. Out on AI art. No. Yeah, yeah. So no, it well, it's it's about exploring what you're thinking. So even when yeah. look, I would say explore this tool and write every single name that you know. Yeah. And just explore what what the system can visualize because the like journey is so detailed like that's what blows my mind like night cafe it's awesome it oh looks really I, cool but it's not realistic or detailed whatsoever. so you see that here okay so look at this this group <laughs> this group i had to pay to get in this group but this group is insane so this group we can see all these links these are different so this is different uh, pro programs you can use. Wow. All these are different. There's 1500 parameter model. They all have like a different st style, you know. So this is what's used to use things like Night Cafe and so on. They use systems like this. So you see oh. all these titles, they're different types of and this is, is that what like Google the Collab. Source code? This is the Python code through, and then you're using Google Collab to process it. Yeah. Wow. 
So this is part of the community, and I mean, I also wonder like stuff- how AI art is even legal because where do they get all the like initial like samples of images to composite your image out of? Right, Good question. The World Wide Web. Illegally, Please. illegally, they're legally, right? Illegally, yeah. they're just extracting it from the entire internet. I think I, one I program- they've been extracting be. your data since day one. Yeah, I know, but it's it's like uh, they were saying that some pr- soft some some images have the watermarks <laughs> from websites, so they're like, uh, I can literally see the watermark in the. <laughs> I saw yeah, like those are bad models. Those are just bad models too. I I did one that like was just like a cool image, and then it has like little writing in the bottom corner. You can't see what it says. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I didn't tell it to that's, do that. That's that's the watermark <laughs> likely so uh, but i only mention it again because I, I get it's about visualizing uh what you're working on that's why well you're bringing your your what what i've seen what i think is really neat about this thing is that you can just take things that we're talking about and visualize them some of this stuff you know there isn't really good visual images of like the telos thing you know that yeah and and then having the guy on last night that was like that was i mean he was flabbergasted when he seen that one it it brought him to a stop he was like whoa 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 oh, yeah there was a few that were kidding him and some was like oh some lighting is he was like like but like the buildings are wrong i'm like see if he was making it up would he like start critiquing it to an extent of that <laughs> And look, I don't, I don't, I don't, based off his candor and belief, I don't, I don't actually see that this man is making things up. And, and that's the beautiful thing. It's like you, you speak to them and you know, like, if you're making it up, you are the, a great actor, like props to you, sir. Well, you know, that goes, that goes for our buddy Ben here too, man. I think, you know, Ben, Ben's got a lot of good stuff going on with this and I really like and appreciate your perspectives that you put into this conversation tonight. Like this is. This has been a change of pace for a lot of the normal episodes, and I, I, I've had a blast talking about these cryptids. Like this is this is a great subject, dude. Yeah, it's a it's a fun rabbit hole. It's it's endless. Yeah, it really is. We, me and Neptune, have actually been talking about here in the future, you know, down the road, doing like a like a like a cryptid continuous series so that we can really divulge and talk into cryptids. Yeah, We'd love dude, to actually have you on. back for that. <laughs> Yeah. What, what what do you plan? To. What are you what would you want to plan for the future? What would be your desired like best version of a plan for what you're looking to do? Uh I'll tell you what, you guys. This is something I've talked about a little bit before, but uh Champ in Lake Champlain, Virginia. That's one that is one hundred percent a real thing. The only question right now is what exactly is it? Because I'll tell you why. There has been three separate instances of teams of, in two cases, professional scientists capturing champ, uh, echolocating, and they. Oh, have I think I know what you're. I so, think I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, think I saw the data Monster on that. Quest. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in Monster Quest season one, episode one, a team of scientists they drop like this underwater microphone down there, and. Uh, it comes back with these weird clickings and they're like, what is that? Like, that's not a motorboat. That's something completely different. They're like, Oh, that's echolocation. And the only two species known in the universe or earth to echolocate are dolphins and beluga whales. 
So that brings up an interesting question. Could Champ be some relative of a beluga whale or a freshwater dolphin, which do exist in the Amazon rainforest? Which yeah, they're I will pink. tell you right now. They're, they're pink not dolphins. A dolphin. uh, dolphins are highly social. Like they jump out of the water every single day. You we would know if Champ was a dolphin, okay? <laughs> like that's ridiculous. So yeah, yeah it, it happened again a couple like 2005. Another team of people did the same experiment and they got in multiple locations, the echo location. And all right, here's a top secret one. You look it up online, no one will mention this third one that happened. No one knows about this, but there's a show called uh, Paranormal Declassified that came out in 2020 on the Travel Channel. And they did an episode about uh, lake monsters. And so they went and did the same experiment in Lake Champlain, and they dropped an underwater microphone down there for 24 hours. And when they came back up, they had the echolocation, and the guy, it was like the click, 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 click. So in order to prove it was echolocation, they went to a forensic audio analyst. And th those guys, actually, their job is like to work with law enforcement and for court cases. And their whole thing is, we can identify any sound that exists 100%. Like we have a database of every sound in the world. And so they are able to actually take this sample and say the only thing this matches is a beluga whale echolocating. So, you know, that kind of proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that this thing is using echolocation and it's living in Lake Champlain. And I don't think it's a dolphin. Like, I. We would know if there was a dolphin in that lake, right? And I mean, whales. I mean, whales are more elusive, so it could be a yeah, variant of a whale. Be, but it, that's whale. that's in itself super fascinating. So and we would want to conserve it. That brings me yeah, to exactly. one. I was, ben, that brings me to one. I'm curious if you have any knowledge of, and if you have any speculation about. Uh, this will probably be my last thought for tonight, but. Um, do you think there's any truth that Jacques Cousteau might have actually visited Lake Tahoe out in uh, north, uh, northwestern California? Jacques Cousteau. I'm not sure about that. So, uh, Lake I actually Tahoe went to was, Tahoe earlier yeah. this year. It's incredible. They, they're supposed to have a lake monster there. Yeah, uh, and it's the, it's the deepest freshwater lake in the world, allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly, so, so they there's a there's a story about uh, supposedly he had seen a uh, okay yeah this is the story I was thinking of yeah the world is not ready to know what is in Lake Tahoe um, and that's apparently his words the, yeah that's fascinating the, the, uh, the, I haven't the story heard the 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 story goes that the this lake is so deep that you're you're doubling uh, surface water pressure. Dude, uh, you know what? Yeah, yeah. I, I went to Tahoe uh, about six months ago at, on a vacation, and yeah, it's absolutely fucking massive, and the water is so freezing cold, and you it's crystal clear, 
there's not a single fish. It's really weird. There's nothing in there. And huh. there's all these spooky legends of Tessie, the Tahoe Nessie. Uh, and, and how would really anything live of, if there's no wildlife? That's also fascinating. If you really think life. about like how fucking deep that lake must be, it's completely possible that it connects to some kind of like inner earth passageway that goes oh, okay. way deeper, all right? right? All right, I'm, all right, I'm going to back up here because I have been, I've been, you know, given a little bit of cool information earlier this year that is 100% true in places like Nevada and the Great Lakes, and I'm, I 100% think Lake Tahoe. There are underground channels that submarines travel through. There are submarine base. There are submarine bases in Las Vegas. Yeah, they brought up like, they, they, there's videos of submarines being brought to weird locations, and they're like because Why they is are there put in freaking submarine because they are put in there and in locations they, that you're like there's no there's nothing here. They can travel underneath the United States. That's insane. So there is a water <laughs> system in Puerto Rico it. too. That's massive, uh, but it's not <laughs> yeah. been explored yet. But even in Puerto Rico, there's a massive water yeah, system. They call they call it. When submarines do that, I think they call it a uh, they call it a uh, a wet dock, where it's underwater but it's pressurized, where a submarine could safely surface and equalize pressure in a manner similar to how people supposedly would dock outer that's, space that's stations. That's so crazy. Yeah, I, I heard actually there's another one in Idaho, like it's actual Navy base. You're like. What is, what is a navy base doing in a there, lake in Idaho? <laughs> rumor is is that there's always a sub hiding out one of the Great Lakes. That's wild, man. That, I that's mean, really weird to think they're, about. They're, they're potentially could be tracking for that. I mean, the what is it? The military technology in relation to sonar and what is acoustics technology underwater. The military technology is vastly more powerful than whatever you can ever get commercially anywhere. And one thing that I remember learning from that was there's a problem with sonar and this, that's pollution. It's, it's sound pollution. So to give you perspective of sound, I believe certain sonars can go as high as 500 decibels underwater. So imagine at, I think, 200 and something, it would kill you. At 500, what is it doing to the environment? So Jesus. there's that big problem with sonar. It's that it's like giant screams underwater. Wow. Yeah, sure. sonar is uh, is gnarly it's, stuff. It's not. It's not like like it's not like echolocation. It's like like a super bastardization of it, which is like a, the weird negative we don't even think about, but it harms other animals. Sure. Sure. Wow. That's well, horrible. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, Luis, Nep Neptune already gave his final thoughts for this evening. Do you have any final thoughts you wanted to get in before we get ready to wrap up for tonight? I I truly feel we're at the cusp of discovering amazing new life and and truly connecting with something we, we haven't connected before because of all these new things coming together, information coming together, people coming together in wonderful, beautiful ways that we weren't being able to before. The new tribes are forming globally and that in itself is what's creating more peace in the world because I believe truly through help pe helping people connect in new ways that really reflect on who they are and what they like, it's creating a new level of peace collectively amongst us. So... This is a good thing you're doing that'll help bring people's like, oh, wow, there's potentially other 
hu- like humanoid like beings let's explore that and there's probably countless countless amounts of people that if you give them a shred of more evidence that they need they would jump on board and follow you to the ends of the earth dude that was well said yeah you know and of course ben i'm gonna gonna make sure that i've got your instagram your youtube links to the sasquatch the psychic sasquatch video and his brand new tiktok that i i kind of helped push him to to jump into you know uh uh, that way you guys can find him and his book that way you guys can find him show some love maybe give a little man a little bit of support because i think what he's got going on is just like louise said you know that's it's it's really a beautiful thing to talk about these cryptids and stuff it seems to be something that just kind of has vanished i don't know throughout the past you know i don't know 10 15 20 years people don't really talk about this kind of stuff anymore it almost like it fat like faded away but there are still so many great videos coming out all the time if you just dig around and sure some of them may be fake but some of them may be real but either way i think they're extremely fun so you know that's just how it is but i'll make sure that we get all those links shared and stuff like that ben is there anything you'd like to say to the followers before you sign out this evening uh yeah yeah well thank you guys for having me this was a blast i i love talking about this kind of stuff and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just leave you guys with a final thought. So uh, in the year 1990, uh, there was this rainforest in Vietnam, and it was somehow avoided like any kind of war, and it was uh, completely covered in mist and rain perpetually. So like the locals never went there. And so in the 1990s, they started to explore this rainforest, and they actually ended up finding two new large mammal species, one of which was uh, the Asian unicorn, its nickname. It's called a sayola. It's an incredible animal. It's huge. It, it kind of looks like a deer with horns. And this was the first large mammal species discovered in 50 years, or probably longer than that. I'm not sure, but... Uh, yeah, so... Th- that's kind of interesting to think about that there can be these isolated places on the planet where large, very interesting, completely unknown creatures live that have never been seen or found in all of human history. There has never been a person probably outside of Vietnam for the last 100,000 years that has seen a Sayola before until the year 1990. So you think about that so other places like that do exist and there's things out there that we can find and we can explore that's that's you know that's so true bigfoot Loch Ness monster ufos fairies you name it i think it's all out there i think it's just doing its thing and trying to avoid getting into the mess that we've got ourselves into over the past 200 years so before i sign out of course i always got to have something good so Why don't pirates drive on mountain roads? Scurvy. Y'all have a great night. Uh.